0: vision of improving health outcomes with the use of high-quality naturopathic doctor-designed supplements is 100% in alignment with what we're trying to do here at the podcast. Their enthusiasm for supporting what we're trying to do for you, the listener, encourages us to keep producing content that will inform and inspire. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. It's Dr. Dave here with Dr. Michelle Pubego. What's up?
1: hello i'm back for my vacation sorry i left you hanging solo again last week
0: (laughs) yeah solo episodes happen when our fun and intelligent co-host goes away yeah um but we're back
1: we're back we're back after a lovely vacation so thank you for being so gracious and letting me i was i was like half prepared to do the podcast but i was on like a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere and wi-fi was shoddy and i was like this is not gonna go well (laughs) I fully like lugged my microphone and everything to the farmhouse, but did not work yeah, out well.
0: But the black flies got you good.
1: Oh yeah. I, they feasted on my legs. I'm a very tasty treat.
0: Very delicious. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> speaking of tasty things, bam, yeah. see how I tied that in already.
1: I know you're so quick.
0: Well, I'm a, well, I don't know I don't know if I'm super quick, but it, what we're going to talk about is, uh, is a mineral this, this week that also helps your brain work quick. That was quick right? Yeah. Hey girl. (laughs) Uh, so (laughs) we're going to talk about zinc. We want to talk talk about a a mineral. I'd say we don't give it as much credit as maybe we should like a lot of things, but we talk about iron all the time. So it only makes sense for us to talk about zinc.
1: Mm -hmm. It's a small, but mighty mineral, right? Like I think most people know, zinc is a mineral and i think most people understand uh, maybe I'm making assumption here i don't know but that it is helpful for the immune system i feel like it's been thrown around yeah, in, think, in conversations no, you, maybe even I more so that's in safe. the last two years like i feel like it's also maybe been on people's radars higher in the last two years zinc
0: yeah i think that's that's a safe assumption for the majority of people but th- yeah. then again you cannot uh uh you know go and say anything without uh making someone angry so I'm gonna say the majority of people would know that zinc is good for the immune system
1: if only once people get to listen to the podcast could actually see my expression sometimes when Dave (laughs) says things and if you don't get the opportunity to watch this on live on Facebook you don't get the pleasure of seeing my facial reactions which I cannot hide I'm terrible I would have the worst poker face yeah it's part of your appeal you say things and I just my face my face expresses my emotions with full full force, and I, it's hilarious.
0: Okay, zinc. Um, zinc. You know how I remember if, uh One thing that it's good for from naturopathic college. Tell me. You you do know your face will show. I know. Tell, now you're tell, giggling. No, hold
1: on. Tell our audience. Don't tell me because I know. Yeah, yeah. Well.
0: <laughs> you know things that rhyme. If it ain't, does not rhyme, it ain't with a dime, that kind of thing, and like we know like things that rhyme always like they sit with you longer. So one of the one of the things that some dodgy teacher said in naturopathic college was zinc. I don't your say drink.
1: zinc for your, I don't think I would call him dodgy. I would call him a genius. Like He's that's funny. fantastic. He said
0: do some you remember other,
1: what do you remember which professor I'm not gonna say I
0: don't want to for your dink. Yeah, I'm not gonna say whatever. Someone said it. He was funny at times. Maybe some people didn't find him funny, but remember humor is receptor dependent. So, um, like most things in biology, there's so many analogies anyway. (laughs) zinc for your dink. It's good for spermatogenesis. That's what I remembered it for. It's in a lot of those formulas for like male fertility and all that. And then, um,
1: but also uh, for impotence too. So also for even just like erectile dysfunction and impotence, not even for the sperm, but it's also for the actual dink.
0: Yeah for one of the major functions of said apparatus okay uh, let's talk about some facts now that we've got our my bad joke rhyming thing off you know off our chest let's talk about some facts about zinc yeah okay two to four grams in the body total yeah. of yeah, my absolutely. 220 pounds of overweight dad bod i've probably got three four grams of zinc
1: mm-hmm. that's that's this that's what we store and it's not really s- stored a lot just like overtly in the body but it's mostly concentrated in the muscles and then a little in bit the bone. bone and yeah. a little bit of the bone but i would i'm not surprised about that because you look at bone formulas they have a lot of multi-minerals and zinc is in there too so i'm not really super surprised so but we're the just muscles, sh- for some reason i don't think i would have immediately thought about that even though inherently i know that or like muscle meat from animal protein is uh-huh. a good source of zinc. I never really thought about it in those terms for humans, which is ridiculous cuz it's just muscle.
0: So we we what we're going to do is we're going to give you the facts about zinc and then sometimes throw in some like things random other facts that that come to mind. Yeah. And the first one that comes to mind for me is that muscle and bone come from the same progenitors. So that's maybe that's interesting. Oh. Yeah, if you put mu- if you put like a stem cell it can, there's a certain type of stem cell. I forget what it's called. It can, in a certain environment turns into bone and a certain environment turns into uh, muscle. Oh. So whatever the progenitor is of those. So that's, okay. that maybe. be. Well, well here's the
1: interesting it. thing too, is that, um, as we were kind of discussing this, um, zinc is also really important for a lot of transcription factors and DNA and RNAs transcriptase. So maybe that's also where that comes in, in in, that it's, it's those particular sets of proteins where it's important for uh, growth, right? Cellular growth, resistance, that kind of stuff. And it might, that might be why this one has a concentration in those.
0: And affecting those transcription factors, which uh, you told me. So, uh, by the way, a lot of like our factoids and stuff that are coming here, what do they say the book that they're from?
1: Um, Yeah, for us to be a little bit more accurate about our discussion, we referred to The Mineral Fix by Dr. James D. Nicolantonio, um, who also wrote The Salt Fix. And I just find that he is a wealth of information. And I bought like a whole bunch of his books at once. And this is one of them.
0: That's where our facts are primarily coming from. And
1: he has a lot of citations in his book to back up these facts, just for anybody wondering.
0: Okay. So uh, that was, I like what you did there with the transcription factors and how that relates to maybe the cell division. So we got Mm -hmm. a thousand transcription factors, approximately 300 enzymatic reactions that are uh, being catalyzed by zinc or, uh, or affected by zinc. So that's cool. And, and when you're talking about those types of numbers in like, um, you know, cell division DNA synthesis, man, you're, you're asking for it to have uh, influence on multiple kinds of tissues and cells and organs.
1: Yeah, it's actually, it's super, super interesting. So there was also just this idea that it helps with gene expression, but it also helps with apoptosis, which for people who aren't in the medical world, apoptosis is like a programmed cell death. And that's a really important part for like the scanning and surveillance system in our body to prevent cancer growth and abnormal cellular yep. growth. So that's a huge part of our immune screening system but the interesting thing about zinc too that we found out in this book that is also protects against apoptosis in certain conditions so like hyperthermia but also cold shock so then it allows your body and your cells to even be more resistant to certain stressors so i found that super fascinating that it's kind of got this like it it, it's it's it works for both situations depending on the stressor
0: Mm -hmm. that's one thing yeah that's one thing i'd I don't know if this is across the board true, but I do find it as a general trend, um, but, but like minerals and, and vitamins and things, they can have a kind of like modulating uh, effect. Whereas pharmaceuticals often have like a unidirectional influence yeah. for the most part. Yeah. And again, you can, I'm sure you can find exceptions to that, but I just mean in general, uh, like, like vitamin D, you know, he's got that sort of modulating effect on it. If you're hypoimmune, it can, you know, increase it. If you got autoimmune disease, it can yeah. sort of calm it down with the T helper cell and all that yeah. stuff. So yeah. let's just get a couple more facts in about, um, so yeah, you told sorry. me about the RDA.
1: Yeah. So So 11 milligrams is typically the recommended daily allowance for men, adult men, and eight to nine milligrams is the recommended daily allowance for women, but they do, but he does recommend anywhere between 20 to 80 milligrams for consumption. And that's probably more based on the actual bioavailability. Maybe increased needs too, right? Yeah. And it depends on the needs of the person and stuff like that. So, um, like for instance, somebody who exercises a lot, this is something Dave and I, we're kind of learning about today too, is because zinc is in the muscles and with athletes, high-performance athletes, or uh, people who exercise more reg- rigorously, their demands for zinc are going to be higher because they're rebuilding more muscle tissue. So they need more zinc, right? So your bio, you're, you're going to be eating a higher consumption or you should be eating a higher consumption of zinc. And if you're sweating, you're going to have loss of electrolytes and minerals in your sweat, including zinc. So those are things to consider. Mm -hmm. for optimizing your zinc consumption yeah what was that what was can you the bioavailability though what
0: yeah you you were telling me i think it was 20 to 50 percent bioavailable in an omnivore um so yeah and then i mean that it's a wide range uh and then that sort of brings into other maybe we could just sort of naturally uh incorporate some of the other aspects of it. it seems to be uh, very important for, uh, like the gut lining. Mm-hmm. So it's got that, it's again, it's got that bi-directional thing. If you're low in zinc, um, that's double bad, you're low already, but then it also is going to compromise your further absorption of zinc by compromising, uh, some of the absorption by compromising the tissues responsible for absorption. And it looked like the, at least the stomach and small intestines seem to be, uh, very, very, very important in terms of, um, uh, zinc absorption.
1: You know what the, before we went live, uh, you asked me what I typically use zinc for. And I named, I think three things that really came to mind, but then the other one is for intestinal permeability and intestinal repair. It's often in my gut healing formulas. And I completely forgot about that, but that, but now that you're talking about this, it just triggered that it's always, always in those formulas.
0: Yes. It's, I, I have a gut formula and it's, it's definitely in that one. Um, so yeah, it, sometimes we sometimes we forget. Um, forget because. our
1: own wealth of knowledge. There's so much to keep track of. You know. It's mean? true.
0: It's true. So. And then, um, and look, sometimes you're not so worried about just looking at zinc. You're looking at maybe bigger systems and and mm-hmm. uh, you know strategies. But it is worth knowing the details. Um, I thought an interesting one again related to the gut. The beginning of the gut would be the mouth, and periorificial sort of uh, dermatitis or inflammations around the mouth, uh, are, are indicative often of, of some sometimes more serious, uh, uh, zinc deficiencies. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, uh, in, in addition to that, I don't know why I can't find my words. Easy uh, for uh, you yeah. to say. Jeez Louise. Um, zinc deficiency can showing like skin lesions in general, it's a yeah. just just a, just a good marker, and even like yeah. just skin issues, acne, e- eczema, psoriasis. You know, um, I think even rosacea. Hair too, hair yeah, and hair. And I wonder yeah. if it's because of uh, it. Maybe has it must have a role in like collagen production or something like that, because hair, skin, and nails are all collagen. And I know you can t- see signs of zinc deficiency in your nails too, with those um, different different patterns. And I wonder if it's um related to collagen production because it does play an important role in protein folding, right? And in the and yes so I wonder if maybe that's where
0: and keratin maybe too because it's uh I think it says uh what else do say the tips of fingers and toes round bodily openings and uh hair mm-hmm. so yeah maybe something there too but I mean look this it's gonna affect so many tissues but the we're just trying to focus on some of them that are maybe more
1: mm-hmm.
0: um Obvious glossitis, which is an interesting one, I think, also affected by iron deficiency. So the the tongue being inflamed that's uh, that's glossitis. Um, uh, yeah. Skin, you said, which is and and all skin conditions have one thing in common, which is inflammation,
1: yeah,
0: uh, to some degree. So that maybe uh, maybe has something to do with superoxide dismutase or other uh, kinds of uh, inflammatory uh, states.
1: Yep. Um, I want to go back to just touching back on to like gut health bioavailability, that kind of stuff. Um, Things that are going to interfere uh, with zinc absorption, not surprising to you or I, are antibiotics, proton pump inhibitors, which blunt stomach acid, as well as like antacid medications. So Mm. everybody who's on that, you're going to want to be mindful of various possible nutrient and mineral deficiencies if you're taking any of those types of medications from a digestive perspective
0: if you're using absorption. a proton pump inhibitor uh say hello to <laughs> say hello to various deficiencies and yeah, yeah. I, I know there's some people uh who who will need them for a period of time but man yeah. they are they're like on my most wanted list when it comes yeah. to like uh uh serious discussions about the necessity Yeah. Of a medication top six in the world. So you're going to get lots of advertisements. You're going to get lots of, lots of doctors prescribing them.
1: And they're Um, hard to come off. If somebody doesn't know how to actually support stomach function, they're always more likely to always have like a rebound effect, which is going to just make you go back to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They can do that. That's
1: unfortunate. Another one is a bariatric surgery. And like, I was working with a client who had bariatric surgery and like the amount of nutritional deficiencies that kept showing up on her, on her labs. Yeah it broke my heart
0: like micronutrient uh like uh just like just like just like everything
1: poor red blood cell um iron deficiency was really low b12 was really low despite supplementation you know and it's likely because her stomach acid was compromised and all these other because like yes we can look at those but the micronutrient deficiencies that support the absorption of those were probably also compromised which we didn't test for but Mm -hmm. i'm just like just based on this conversation too and the fact that zinc deficiency is also required for iron deficiency and all these other things and bariatric surgery and it also mentioned this mentions it in this book is um uh, something that will compromise zinc absorption mm-hmm. so uh,
0: another fact we didn't we didn't say earlier is the half-life is 280 days that's that's a yeah. long that's a long half-life it makes me wonder <laughs> actually you know it, this is fun. Like trying, if you want to learn something, try and teach something. Right. And it, it, we're trying to teach, but at the same time, me and Michelle are students for life. Um, the first half-life and foremost, being, students. Yeah, exactly. The first, the, the first thing I think about with the T the half or half-life being 280 days makes me think maybe not long-term supplementation is not necessary unless no. we've got serious, uh, well, losses or increased needs.
1: Yeah. Typically I don't just indefinitely put somebody on a zinc that's Mm -hmm. for sure like if i'm putting them on a high dose it's because they have an acute infection and i'm having it for a limited period of time or it's cold and flu season so i'm just like yeah take it every other day or something like that you know like it just kind of
0: yeah um and some of the uh maybe maybe talk about where there may be increased losses would so diarrhea uh Diarrhea is an indication that you need zinc, but also I'm wondering if that would increase the loss. I think so. Probably. Because anything like vomiting and
1: diarrhea, you're gonna lose electrolytes yeah. and possibly other minerals. And I mean, if you have diarrhea,
0: you've clearly you're clearly losing stuff that you shouldn't be. I'm I'm just right. I I won't sit here and, and say that I know for sure zinc would be huge among that, but diarrhea is an indication for uh for zinc uh supplementation.
1: Mm-hmm um hair which may be hair due
0: hair. to and i'll just maybe yeah. maybe that's due to compromise of the gut layer and villi microvilli sort of surface i'm not sure but that's probably where that comes from i'm thinking
1: yeah yeah okay um i don't know why are we are we talking more about signs and symptoms of a zinc deficiency now is that where we're yeah, trying to get into it, yeah. is that where okay um if you have a hard like delayed wound healing again because it's like affiliation for the skin and like we were talking about with like skin lesions etc and it's also important for your immune and then system. immune
0: yeah exactly right
1: yeah yeah so if you're what's often... the first thing
0: so with delayed wound healing
1: mm-hmm. i
0: wouldn't have thought of zinc first right i think of uh blood sugar right yeah so that's that's that would be the other thing that i would think about with delayed wound healing what were you going to say about it but
1: also let's let's lead to blood sugar really quickly zinc is also important for glucose metabolism and insulin production so if your blood sugar regulation is off and if you have a zinc deficiency, it might all be correlated, mm-hmm. right? So just, just a little FYI there. Um, also, just if you're susceptible to frequent infections, and if I see somebody who has like a low white blood cell count, um, then I might even add zinc in mm-hmm. into the grand scheme of like what we're going to do for support if I need to improve mm-hmm. immune function just as a general whole. Um yeah. If we, I always ask clients on initial visits, how often do you get sick in a year? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's always mm-hmm. a telltale sign about how resilient their body is to me.
0: So that was it. Yeah. And that, I would say we'd lean more on this, the when there's hypoimmune immune function, I guess yeah. I'm th- from what we were reading, I mean, it could be, it, maybe it's helpful in autoimmune sort of TH1, you know, prevalent issues with the immune system, but I would think um, more in the case of people who are getting frequent infections so more of a yep. hypo function yeah although i'm really simplifying immunology <laughs> but we're <laughs> clinicians right so that's that those those things matter too um hormonal imbalance uh maybe that's i think it has something to do with testosterone but i didn't read any of that but it does have to do with hypogonadism so like yeah. small testes uh would, because would it happen. has an
1: effect on growth factors right because yes the, exactly
0: right? yeah okay yeah
1: that was why Oh, something
0: you were surprised I think when you when you saw it was premature delivery and abortion
1: yeah, that was interesting. I had never really thought about that before, so where was a uh, oh well goodness, I mean growth
0: that? we're talking about growth in general where, i mean uh, is there anything more crazy in terms of growth than uh you know growing another human
1: I guess not no yeah, you're right you're right but where was the actual paragraph about that in this book? I can't remember where it was, but uh yeah, that was that was important to know.
0: Another one you learned me on learned. anemia independent of iron deficiency.
1: That was also super interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this is where it was. Zinc deficiency during pregnancy is associated with an increased risk of premature delivery and abortion. Yep. Voila. And it can lead to anemia, dwarfism, growth retardation, and hypogonadism independent yeah. of iron deficiency, which is, yeah. what is which was really cool, and yes, there are a few citations for that. So there's there's some research to back those claims up. Um, other
0: other processes uh, you you were learning me about uh, hmm. that involve zinc were calcification and atherosclerosis. I didn't yeah. really think of those too. To be honest, I wouldn't have thought of those too.
1: So it'll it'll interfere with calcium metabolism in the actual bone, and zinc is needed for collagen synthesis which is again, soft tissue, hair, skin, nails, collagen. So this is where mm-hmm. it is. Um, mm-hmm. So that's how it's going to be connected with, with calcification of bones. And it can be related to like skeletal abnormalities if you have a deficiency.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you were saying uh, when we talked earlier about brain development, learning, um, and then neurotransmitters.
1: Yeah. So if we want to get more specific, um, it it was referenced that zinc supplementation in malnourished schoolboys was shown to increase cortical thickness significantly more than those who have received all essential amino acids vitamins and minerals but without zinc so it mm-hmm. improves just brain development and then plasticity in did learning? that study i don't know that's awesome though i got to look up that reference cuz there's a few He's got like three different references there. And then zinc is also needed to synthesize serotonin as well as melatonin. So hello, sleeping and feeling great. Although mm-hmm. like, I don't want to get into this as a too much of a topic, but there's a lot of, inf- there's a lot flying around right now, how the idea of low serotonin is not 100 percent accurate when it comes to the diagnosis of depression and how it's, I don't know if it's falsified data or if it was very inaccurate and poor data that led to that, which was, I find. Are you
0: saying that money might influence research?
1: Pharmaceuticals. Um (laughs) But
0: but on the bigger, yeah, I mean, of course it's in their self-interest and some some self-interest is quite rational.
1: And I'm Um, reading Kelly Brogan's book about, she used to be a psychiatrist that was always prescribing these kinds of things. She was a big advocate for it and she changed her, she changed her whole song years ago. And what she does now is like food eliminations because gut brain access mm-hmm. like coffee enemas shout out to like a few podcasts ago um and uh she showed out this- and blow out yeah hey she talked about this years ago and now it's actually becoming mainstream news um i mean and that that that's not to say that sometimes an antidepressant might not help for people in ssri but it's not the whole it's not the whole story when it comes to those mood disorders regardless we need zinc still to help your body create those things as well as melatonin but anyways mm-hmm. just a little aside
0: and again maybe maybe tying into some of those cases of depression is how it's involved in thyroid hormone metabolism low zinc leading to hypothyroidism and hypothyroidism leading to low zinc
1: yeah and uh, it's also again super one of those
0: bi-directional things yeah
1: yeah it's also really important for your adrenal glands it is actually a lot, and it, it, it I have seen it in adrenal formulas to have zinc in there, um, mm-hmm. and that's also why I often recommend for some of my clients to put like mineral, like pink Himalayan salt. So it's like multi mineral salt first mm-hmm. thing in the morning because it actually helps with the adrenals because you're getting like a good spectrum of minerals, including your micronutrients like zinc and stuff like that. So it's one of the cheap and cheerful way of doing that for clients and myself. I do it every day.
0: I love Himalayan salt. Okay. Um involved in obesity insulin resistance i think you brought up some research about obesity and insulin resistance um
1: yeah you need it to help uh, take up glucose into the cells and with uh, insulin synthesis so even the production of insulin requires zinc yeah um and that's a like we've talked about blood sugars a lot that's a huge epidemic in especially north american and i'm, I'm imagining it's becoming more of an epidemic worldwide too
0: I would imagine, um, unfortunately that you will probably end up being right about that. <laughs> sadly,
1: um, sadly, <laughs> I wish I wasn't, but sadly.
0: Another one, uh, actually relevant for some testing that I do is mm. uh metabolic acidosis. So we reco- carbonic anhydrase, which breaks down, um, uh, H2CO3, I believe into water and carbon dioxide. Um, requires zinc and and I I uh I do test people for their levels of carbon dioxide in the blood or bicarbonate is another way of mm. looking at it. So this actually may influence how I move forward with the people that come back with like a bicarbonate of let's say like 20 or lower maybe 22 or lower on uh on their labs. Two I mean it's a $2 test. It's one that I always say to people hey, I'm kind of trying to like compile some understanding of this uh, lab mm. test and they, they're usually okay with two bucks
1: and this is going to contribute to you were talking about metabolic acidosis so like yeah. lactic acidosis yes okay yes and then it. I think you also said something about this might also be related to stomach did you not yes yeah, so, about that too
0: yeah yeah um in
1: our pre-talk um,
0: yeah and I don't again I don't want to go into because I, I feel like I'm going into deep waters that I'm not uh, strong enough into, but maybe really it's worth
1: investigating to see if there's more of a connection there.
0: Definitely, and and so so zinc carbonic anhydrase is important for the production of uh, stomach acid, uh, mm-hmm. or or the uh, reduction of stomach acid. Remember when you're creating stomach acid in the stomach, so you're creating you're shifting protons into the stomach. You're also releasing bicarbonate the other way, yeah, uh, in some exchange. So uh, that might have to do with because you want the stomach more. This, what happens, I don't know if I've talked about this, so forgive me if I have, you want the stomach acidic and you want the, the systemic to be a little more alkaline than mm-hmm. in most people's cases. in in reality, it's usually, uh, it's like the stomach's not acidic enough. Mm. And then the systemic is, is too, a acidic. little bit too acidic. I know. Yeah. So that's where this comes in probably with, uh, the, the exchange systemic bicarbonate for proper stomach acid. And I think okay. that's why it, that zinc um what's what's that zinc uh product zinc carnosine Carnicine. zinc, carnosine, zinc yeah. carnosine big big research i think from japan in either the late 80s or 90s and and now if you look at any well not any if you look at a lot of uh supplement formulas for stomach and acid you'll see uh often zinc is in there uh in the carnosine form
1: nice yeah
0: nice. Uh, and then your needs for zinc we've already talked about this they increase if you work out and exercise
1: yeah we all oh we didn't talk about its relationship with like thyroid hormones so you need trace minerals like copper like selenium but you also need zinc for the production of your thyroid hormones but interestingly enough hypothyroidism can also lead to zinc deficiencies because hypothyroidism can affect um, the intestines and zinc absorption in the intestines So it can be like a, what came first, the chicken or the egg situation, um, Mm -hmm. maybe in those situations, but you do need zinc to activate, um, uh, like T3 receptors and stuff like that. And T3 is the active hormone for thyroid. So,
0: okay. And then obviously enteropathy, which is just any kind of pathology of the enter the enteric bits. So your small intestine, uh, if, if your small intestinal bits structurally are not really working awesome then you probably need more zinc and you're not going to absorb as much um and it's in those times i guess where you're gonna have to throw more zinc in than just rda yeah
1: Yeah. do we want to talk about like sources of zinc though as well because like i don't think supplementation is necessary for everybody um this 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 might rub some people the wrong way but animal meat sources are basically your best sources of zinc, like primarily vegetarian diets or vegan diets are likely going to have to supplement with like a pill form because they're not going to get sufficient amounts. So best sources are going to come from animals, mollusks, which I hate saying that word because there's too many S's (laughs) in case um, for three ounces of mollusks, you get 154 milligrams of zinc. That's crazy. And
0: aphrodisiac effects.
1: (laughs) And it's like, a thousand percent of your RDA, which is ridiculous. And then the next one in line is oysters. So per three ounces, you get 74 milligrams. But then it's so funny that the jump from that to the next best thing is like a beef chuck roast is three ounces. Everything is a three ounce portion, seven milligrams. So we go from like 154 like order of magnitude. to 74 to seven milligrams. And beef tends to be, I think for the general population, beef is probably your best source and then um livers are also a good source because it also has a little bit of the other minerals like copper and stuff too because you do want a decent zinc to copper balance but if you're getting it in a food source i think more often than not it's probably going to be somewhat balanced rather than just an extreme amount of zinc right Um, and that's where supplementation can be tricky if you're just doing a crazy amount of zinc and nothing else then you might lead to other disruptions
0: Exactly, and then also, uh, zinc is important for glutathione synthesis. That's the master antioxidant, right? Oh, so, yeah. So, I mean, that's important. It's hard to, it's hard to imagine anything good happening when you're low in glutathione, which is which is why I think some people. Have, I don't use it a lot, but some people have great success using glutathione as a supplement. Uh,
1: I would I would go to like a low liposomal form if I was going to use it personally. Mm-hmm.
0: Or or N,
1: or NAC and just make sure that they have the other cofactors. But if they're having a hard time, then I would go into a liposomal form of glutathione. Yeah, I don't know. Or co- or coffee enemas to naturally increase your glutathione production. Oh, yeah, Hero. we did talk about that. Yeah, it Bottoms like up. six hundred percent impossible increase in glutathione production, which is just wild.
0: Okay, so the the we did we did go through a lot of the factoids and interesting stuff we want to find out about or relearn and learn, and then mm-hmm. add context to what we learned. I, I did want to mention a few ways in which Michelle and I do use zinc or have used zinc bef- even before this, mm-hmm. you know, relearning we did or whatever. And uh, my couple of uh, actually, I there's some overlap with what Michelle and I have used it for. I just remember there being research for anorexia nervosa, um, of course, not, you know supplanting replacing therapy and everything else that goes into it right. that's not what we're trying as, to as, say here as
1: in conjunction with everything else yeah exactly right? it's not of in so, lieu of
0: because anorexia nervosa if if i have a patient with that i'm probably just co-managing um anyway that and uh picky eaters uh little kids with um and uh, dr verna hunt sort of put me onto this and uh those are those are the two main reasons maybe
1: that's who i learned it from back in the day too it
0: might be yeah maybe talk about a wealth of info um so yeah picky eaters and then uh you talked about skin
1: Uh, yes like if skin conditions if uh yeah so the psoriasis the, the 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 eczema but also just like healing of acne like once i've gotten to the underlying causes of what's contributing to acne, I might Mm -hmm. use like a cytomatrix ACES plus zinc, shout out to our sponsor, or something with zinc in it to improve collagen synthesis and just skin healing itself. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. I I forgot about that use of it to be honest. And uh here's another one that we both have used it for is kind of like immune support in general. Mm -hmm. It's one of those supplements that made it. Let's be honest, you go to Shoppers Drug Mart or like Pharma Plus or wherever, like they're all going to have very conventional uh, you know, Jameson or whatever, like whatever conventional brands, they usually have like a zinc lozenge or something yeah. like
1: that. I want to quickly go back to the picky eaters and just explain that yeah. really quickly. Cause I recently had a child And they can't, the the parents brought him in because he was, he was fine. He ate absolutely everything. And they had like a really robust European like diet. Like they just gave him all sorts of stuff, right? Like it was awesome and farm fresh and from the garden, whatever. And then suddenly he just wanted carbs and chips and just rejected all other foods or would say he'd want something. And then when the food was ready, he would not want to eat it. And he would complain he doesn't have an appetite or stomach problem or something like that. And it's like his whole appetite changed and he became an extreme picky eater, but there was also some behavioral issues and some aggression. And on the initial visit before I could understand more um, with maybe some other tests and stuff that I want to investigate, I gave him, I asked him to have like a zinc chewable because we have some testers for kids. Um, And he liked it because it was easy. It tasted like a little candy to him which usually if you can't actually taste zinc in the lozenge or supplement form, it's usually a good sign of deficiency. It's one of those weird things is that the better your zinc status, the, the stronger your taste for the actual zinc is. Mm-hmm. So when I used to do like zinc tally testing, which I learned from Verna hunt back in the day too, mm-hmm. that was always a telltale sign. Um, and I gave him some probiotic that had like glutamine in it for like the gut brain connection for the behavioral stuff. And by the next appointment, Things had already started to begin to shift and improve, which was cool. really really awesome. And the, I think part of it is because zinc is important for your taste buds.
0: Yes, there's there's that, and then you know just to sort of encase that into another you know my my working sort of uh, paradigm or whatever, taste and appetite are indications of like stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's they're signs of the stomach if you and if you even think the TCM i think the taste of the stomach is rot when it's unhealthy they call it rotten i think yes and an uh, and appetite um, look if your your stomach has stretch receptors and and i've done this with people in real time you move their stomach their appetite or nausea change instantaneously with actual movement of the stomach as a whole so w- what you're talking about there with with you know the different ways of using zinc, maybe in that picky eater and and uh, behavioral issues, I'm thinking the stomach is is a major player in uh, in you know maybe a key indicator of when there may be a suspicion of issues with zinc.
1: No, interesting. Yeah, and yeah. then the
0: bariatric surgery, uh, you know, those other situations where zinc is uh, compromised.
1: Because you've literally, you've literally compromised the stomach and a good chunk of your upper intestinal tract. Yes. As like, and, and I don't understand in what world we would ever just assume that that doesn't lead to problems.
0: I don't <laughs> get it either. But you know what? I, I, I do have to say I, I reconnected with an old patient. She's been a patient of mine for, since she was a, like a teenager and she's come back as a, it's, it's one of those, it's a very interesting patient to have because she's she came to me, I think when she was like 17 or something Uh last year as like a a 29 year old. It's so cool. God, Yeah. And so actually she lives in the U S and every time she comes back, she comes for some visceral manipulation and we, we have good old hangout, but she had, um, the bariatric surgery and it's been phenomenal for her, Mm. at least in this period of time. Yeah. And, uh, so it's, you know, uh, I'm sure there's times when it's, it's useful I feel, but
1: i feel like there's always going to be pros and cons to all things and for some people the the benefits are going to outweigh the risks but i just feel like you can't ignore The fact there's going to be a possible risk by doing that and just being completely like ignorant to that is I just understand how some people are like, this is going to solve all my problems. And I was like, but you might get other ones instead, right? And you have to be prepared to know how to manage those. That's more of what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I completely agree. I just thought it was interesting because my, we all have a bias and my bias was like, oh man, I wish we wish you didn't have to do that. Yeah. I always think, what if?
1: Um, I, I always like to think, and you've said this too, is that nothing is wasted in the body, right? Our bodies yeah. are made in a specific way because it's designed led that way because it optimizes function. Um, yes. even, even as simple, as simple as the appendix, you know, it has a purpose. Right, yeah. or the gallbladder it has a purpose. Your tonsils, they have a purpose. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I understand there's extreme cases where maybe you have to do something about it. I'm not saying keep a, yeah, an appendix that's busted in your body like that requires surgery. Absolutely. Um, but um, I, w- I, I just wish that we were more in a, 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 a mindset where we would have more preventative medicine rather than just emergency surgical removal of things.
0: You know what? If I saw a patient like this with what i know more now i would just probably be adjusting as much as i can the stomach mm. yes i would i really you know i'm biased as i'll get out about that but um i just i, just, I feel like that's why the bariatric surgery works because they actually change the structure of the stomach. Yeah, maybe. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's a major part of why it's it's now it gets stretched easier with less. I mean, it's you can fix the stretch problems. Anyway, I won't bore people with more stomach focused, everything, but it is kind of cool. I'm not bored. <laughs> good, good.
1: Right. I think we've chatted, we've chatted the shit as zinc. Um, so I hope that was helpful for people, you know, just to, to refresh everybody about the importance of this mineral and maybe when to maximize your efforts for intake, um, and looking out for possible signs of deficiencies and why it's such an important little, it's a small, but mighty little mineral.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I, I will, I'll also, um, finish with, uh, You know, this is why I I find it very helpful to work with um, not just supplements because you can see all the uses for it, but you can see how confusing it can get and almost contradictory at times. That's why I often start not with the mineral like giving here is some zinc rather like let's address the things that uh, would help you with your hopefully, you know, whole foods diet. absorb enough zinc yeah so that we don't have to do it but yeah there is times for supplementation right in my dispensary yeah
1: Yeah. i mean we have it and like like you and i said we don't just use it indefinitely and flippantly and long term without you know throw caution to the wind with this you know yeah it's still something you have to use correctly and mind wait wait okay
0: well thanks everyone for listening uh thanks michelle good to have you back and uh We'll catch up with you next week.
1: Sounds good. Okay. Bye, Bye everyone. See ya.